It was like pushing mud uphill, getting the orders, delivering the orders, stock rotation, getting my name out there. It was really tough, but amazing experience. But I got to the point where I had to get investment in order for it to grow, or I had to close it. At the time I thought, oh God, how can I start a podcast? Like, I can't do that. But actually I was like, maybe I can, like, why not give it a go? I think that is the best way to navigate your 20s is just to do as much as you can, try as much as you can and learn as much as you can. Hey guys and welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast. So this is the final week of Catch Ups in My Kitchen for 2023. So I thought we'd end the year with a solo episode. So I've always had people mention this for me and saying, why don't you do a solo episode? And honestly, I was like, why would people want to listen to me? They hear me anyway in the week. Why would they want to hear from me just on my own? But then I began to think about it and I was like, actually, we are now on episode 87, which actually is really hard to believe, but people might not have any clue who I am, what my background is, and actually might not know anything about me. So it's your lucky day, or it might not be, but we've got one episode, just me talking to you. I really wasn't sure how I was going to kind of plan this and kind of lay it out but what I've done is I've asked you guys a few questions well I've asked you guys to ask me some questions and I've kind of answered them throughout this episode so hopefully you'll find it interesting I'm keeping to the same structure as normal episodes with another guest so to start off with it's an elevator pitch so I need to answer who I am and what I do so obviously I'm Georgia Simmons and obviously I host catch-ups in my kitchen but what else do I do I also host another podcast which is um, Spoon Granola podcast their podcast is called Spoon Meats and it's really cool so every um, the whole point of it is you know when you're younger and you used to have your breakfast and have a packet of your granola or your cereal in front of you and you'd read the back of the packet well the aim is that now on the back of the spoon boxes they have a QR code and if you scan the QR code it will take you straight to these kind of little mini podcast episodes where I'm interviewing a guest about their morning routine so it's about all things mornings whether you're a morning person whether you're a night owl what your non-negotiables are what your routines are like whether you have a routine so that's super cool I love hosting that I also host it in my kitchen and it's great to talk to different guests that I may not get on catch-ups so that's really cool I also do some social media on the side um but to be honest I'm currently in a bit of a transitioning period where I closed my business earlier in the year I've been focusing on the podcast since but there's definitely room for a new little project whether that's in partnership with another brand or whether that's something completely new Um, I'm not sure yet but I'll get more onto that maybe in the episode so now the quick fire round which I am quite excited to answer actually because I always think about the questions myself so sweet or savory I would say I'm a savory person although when it comes to breakfast I'm sweet all day long I'm definitely a sweet person pizza pasta very easy it's pasta all the way go-to cuisine I'd have to say Lebanese cook in or eat out definitely cook in I love hosting I love cooking for people so definitely cook in for me go to Deliveroo oh my god honestly I cannot tell you the last time I got a Deliveroo I just don't order in 
I either cook or I go out. I never order. If I were to order, it would probably be a salad bowl of some sorts, probably from like Attis, or there's another really good one called Remedy Kitchen. Um, But honestly, I think I've ordered delivery once this year, which is probably quite good. So I, yeah, I'll take that. Okay, so the first question I got asked um, when I put this out on Instagram is how did you start doing what you're doing? I love this question because actually I didn't plan to do what I'm doing. So I'm going to completely start from the beginning here and give you a bit of a a debrief or run through on how I got to where I am now. Number one, I went to Brooks University and at Brooks I studied business and media with the aim of when I was really young I thought I wanted to be in TV. I thought I wanted to be a runner for TV shows and be in the kind of TV world. Then I did some work experience within that field and realized it wasn't really for me, but I quite liked media and I have no idea why, which is weird because I'm now in media. But um, yeah, so I did business. I've always loved, loved business. Did really well in it at school. Um, so business and media was an obvious choice for me. And I ended up majoring in business and minoring in media. So that was Brooks. Then from Brooks, I got an internship with a swimwear brand called Heidi Klein and I was in their sales department. I loved working for Heidi Klein. So I did, was an intern for a while and then I went traveling and then they asked me to come back. So then I worked with them full time. Um, it was great. I got to travel around. I went to Paris, went to Miami. And when I was working for Heidi Klein, I thought, you know what? I want to be in fashion and I want to always be in the kind of swimwear or even sportwear world and maybe even go into buying. Like I was really going for that route in life and I was really really excited to kind of work my way up in fashion and kind of yeah the sales buying role so then COVID hit and I was put on furlough and then during that time I went home and I always had this food page growing up called healthy habits because I've always loved cooking I've always loved healthy food so um I kind of put my energy into healthy habits because I had time I was cooking for my family obviously everyone was cooking all sorts during lockdown so I was doing a lot of cooking then I've always had an obsession with granola I've always been quite weird about it I've always looked at the back of the packets and I've always been so intrigued at whether these healthy granolas are actually good for us and how we can make granola better for us and actually taste really good so I started making my own granola because obviously we had time then I was sending little care packages to my friends and family members and putting these bags of granola in these packages and then I kind of thought you know what let me try and make this on a bigger scale let me try and actually um, make this and try and sell it so then I was making healthy habits granola and I was getting them into a few farm shops um, selling them online and I loved it I really loved the process but then it got to a point where I wasn't really sure where it was going and I thought is there room for a granola brand to enter the market at this point in time and I wasn't sure on the answer to that question I, I just didn't think there was room for me in the world of granola which actually looking back is probably quite a wrong decision because I think there's always room for everyone you've just got to have your your right angle on it and right kind of mission and and strategy I guess but I didn't kind of go through with it which I don't know maybe it'll come back but also another tricky thing was I was making it all myself at this point and for it to scale I obviously had to find a manufacturer and during COVID that was really difficult because just trying to do anything during lockdown was hard obviously every manufacturer was under a lot of pressure 
um, probably on a restrict staffing kind of system and like it was all really complicated so trying to find a manufacturer at that point was really really difficult so I just thought oh gosh it's not gonna work for me um let's park that so I then went back to Heidi Klein um I was but I was working remotely um and that was all good but at this point I was like no this isn't gonna work for me Heidi Klein's not right for me so I then actually got offered another job um working for a kind of fashion agency but at that time I also watched Seaspiracy so it was I don't know weeknight I was kind of in my flat watching Seaspiracy and at this point in my diet I didn't have dairy because I was dairy intolerant I wasn't really eating meat so I was kind of just eating fish and Seaspiracy really really changed my mindset on like all things sustainability to do with the kind of fish industry blew my mind. So at that point in time, I was like, right, I'm going to be vegan. And it wasn't until I went vegan that I realized actually getting really good quality products is hard. And I was living in London and I was like, wow, like if I go home, which is in Somerset, how am I going to do it? That's when I had the idea of greedy vegan. So I was then at a crossroads where I had my um, job offer with this fashion agency at the same time as having this idea for greedy vegan. And I decided to go with Greedy Vegan because I just thought it's now or never. I'm never going to be able to start a business again. If I stick and go with this fashion job, I will always be in this kind of, not kind of ladder, but I will. I'll always be kind of going for the next, the next, the next, the next. Whereas I'm at this decision making point in my life where I have a choice to make. I either choose fashion or I choose entrepreneurial food life. And I chose entrepreneurial food life. And a funny story is I was actually, in, I was so scared to say no. Um, and so I said, actually, you're not, you're not paying me enough. The salary is not enough. So I, I'm not going to take it because I didn't want to tell them why. And um, they then called me back and offered me more money. And I was like, oh my God, this has not worked out how I planned it. So then I um, went back and said, sorry, actually, I, I still can't take it which then they asked me to call them again and explain why anyway I then had to be like listen I'm really sorry that actually there's another reason I was like I'm actually gonna start my own business and they actually loved the idea so much and they were also supportive so it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be but I was yes so 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 nervous to turn down that job offer um so then greedy vegan started so greedy vegan was a plant-based delivery service where i delivered boxes of plant-based products to people's doors they were chilled so it was kind of things like plant-based smoked salmon brie camembert um we had some amazing mushroom based products um lovely delicious chocolates nut butters like just kind of like your bougie vegan deli service i guess um and again i did it all from my flat there's a common denominator here clearly i just I, I'm too self-reliant on my on myself and my own resources but I didn't outsource anything I did it all myself so I started this business and I started delivering in southwest London then London then expanded it to the UK and it was an incredible experience it really was but I didn't come from the food world so I someone mentioned to me oh you should start a podcast and at the time I thought oh god how can I start a podcast like I can't do that but actually I was like maybe I can like why not give it a go it'd be really cool to kind of get to ask people about the industry a bit more find out more about kind of how people start businesses maybe I can interview founders maybe I can learn maybe this can be my research so I started the podcast I don't know how I came up with the name catch-ups in my kitchen I just knew I I wouldn't have the time to go to a studio because I also had greedy vegans so I just thought you know what let's do it for my kitchen 
Um, and I think that's how I got the name. I can't even remember at the time. It just seems a bit of a blur. But started the podcast and I didn't think anyone would listen. I just thought, you know what? Worst come worse. I have a great conversation. I record it and no one listens. That's fine. And people did listen. So then I had a greedy vegan and the podcast. And bizarrely, every time I saw friends or family members, everyone wanted to know about the podcast. And although people probably, probably were interested in greedy vegan no one really seemed that interested in greedy vegan so greedy vegan was incredible and the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life it was so hard it was like pushing mud uphill getting the orders delivering the orders stock rotation um dates best before oh my god everything everything finding new products getting my name out there um Oh God, it was, it was really tough, really, really tough, but amazing experience. But I got to the point where I had to get investment in order for it to grow or I had to close it. And I'd, you know, been releasing episodes of this podcast every week. And I just thought, I think there's something here. I think I'm building a community here with ketchups in my kitchen. And I'm not sure Greedy Vegan is going to go anywhere. And at this point it started, it was 2023 now. I'd done Greedy Vegan for two years and, um, I was like, I'm not sure that the plant-based world is is heading in a good direction. Vegan kind supermarket had just closed. Um, Things were kind of not looking positive for the industry. So I decided to close Greedy Vegan and focus on the podcast. That was the hardest decision I'd ever done. I was, felt like part of my soul was kind of dying off. And I just realized that Greedy Vegan wasn't making me happy. It was really stressing me out. And it Starting a business is is hard, but I was seeing no signs of growth. I I was really, really struggling with it. Whereas the podcast brought me so much joy and people really said, you know, this is great, it's going somewhere. Like these conversations are bringing such value to people. And I was like, okay, amazing. Like is Greedy Vegan bringing value to people? And I just, I didn't see the value in the business as much as I did the podcast. So I was like, right, I'm gonna turn ketchups in my kitchen into a business. So I then dropped the business as of June and then kind of from August until now, I've been focusing on it full time. And I have seen such growth in that time, which has been amazing. Um, But in answer to the question of how did you start doing what you're doing? I think it's kind of one thing leads to another. And yeah, there was no big master plan. And I do try and make a master plan. Like I do have a master plan now of where I want to go. Um, but also you kind of got to be led by the world and you change, people change and your mind changes and your passions change. And I think that's what's important about kind of being flexible and moving and like learning and yeah. So I think how I got to where I am now is I kind of didn't overthink things too much and just took things as they came and went with my gut and just did it. This podcast is brought to you by Parla, the sustainable solution to all your oral care needs. After having Dr. Simon Chard on the podcast, one of the co-founders of Parla, I was blown away by the facts that he was telling me, such as every tube of toothpaste that you've ever used still exists on the planet today. And that is because the toothpaste tubes aren't recyclable and they aren't biodegradable. So whether you're looking for a high gloss whitening toothpaste tablet or a chewable mouthwash tablet with extra probiotics, Parla have provided the solution to all your oral care needs in a sustainable format. And they also come in this beautiful packaging, which is glass and hence recyclable. So if you're desperate to join the revolution and help me stop 
the problem of all this plastic going into our oceans, then use the code Georgia Simmons to get 10% off your order and try Parlor today. Head to www.parlortoothpastetabs.com or check the link out in the show notes. Let's get back to the episode. Which kind of leads me on to my next question quite well, which was, how do you navigate your 20s? I love this, and I think your 20s is really, really hard. Um, But I think my two mottos in life are just do it and fail fast. And in my kind of experience to date, I've definitely done that for sure. Like, just do it. If you've got an idea, just do it. If you want to start a podcast, just do it. If you want to start a business, just do it. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. You learn and you move on. I think that's the best way of navigating your 20s. Your 20s are there to make mistakes, but it's good to make mistakes if you learn from them. If you carry on making the same mistake, okay, that's not great. But if you make mistakes, that is amazing. Just learn what went wrong and then make it better next time. And I think that is the best way to navigate your 20s. Try everything. I have tried so many things. I also started a little agency in between all of my little previous things with a girl and it didn't work. And so I moved on. Like, it doesn't matter how many things you try. Honestly, Greedy Vegan was not the last business I'm starting. I've already got ideas for the next one. And I'm going to keep trying and trying and trying and going and going and going and sticking and twisting and twisting and twisting and pivoting until I find the right thing. And that's what your 20s is all about. And not even just in your career. This is with friends and this is in relationships. I always talk to my friends about work experience. Get the work experience in, whether that's going on that date that you don't want to go on or going to that dinner you don't want to go on. Like just make memories, make experiences and learn from everything. I think that is the best way to navigate your 20s is just to do as much as you can, try as much as you can and learn as much as you can. And even with friends, like make as many friends as you can and you won't have all of them at the end. Just kind of be so curious in your 20s. Try everything. And that's the best way of probably having a more successful 30s. I mean, I can't wait for my 30s, to be honest. Because <laughs> 20s are really hard. Really, really hard. You're supposed to know everything but be young. You're supposed to go and have fun, but also kind of have your shit together. It's like, you know what? In your 20s, it's about making those mistakes and learning from them and that's the best way to navigate I think trialing trialing trial and error trial and error but fail fast go head first into these decisions make the decision put all your effort into it and then learn whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing as quickly as you can if it's wrong move on greedy vegan was wrong yes I cried about it quite a lot moved on and I think the quicker you move on the quicker you're going to move on to something else And that next thing will be better because you'll have all of the learnings from the last thing. Okay, so the next question is, what is my perfect morning routine? Right, I love this. I am such a morning person. I love my mornings. I'm an early riser and mornings are just heaven for me. So I do have quite a strict morning routine. I would say I roughly get up at like 6.30, 6.45. And then I... First thing I do, obviously, make my bed. That is a non-negotiable. Seems simple, most people might do it. But if I have not made my bed as soon as I get up, you know, it's the first task that you can do successfully. You're gonna have a great day after that. It's just gonna be good. You've you've already ticked one box. 
Then I go to the gym. Movement is so key for me in the mornings. Um, at the moment, I'm loving Pilates. I also go on runs. I'm loving running. Um, yeah, those are my top two. Sometimes I do a barriers class with a friend or a former Pilates class, um, a hit class. Honestly, I love movement in the mornings and it really sets up my day. So that's first things first. I am so excited to announce that I am now an affiliate of Huel. Huel plays such an important role in my life. And after having the co-founder of Huel, James Collier, on the podcast, I can confirm that when they say each bottle is nutritionally complete with 20 grams of protein and 26 of your vitamins and minerals, they mean it. I am such a breakfast person and if I haven't had my breakfast in the mornings, you know about it. But sometimes you need something quick and easy, but I am not willing to compromise on nutrition or taste. And that is where Huel comes in. My go-to flavours are chocolate and vanilla. And if you're listening to this and thinking you need to restock on your Huel, head to the show notes and click the link and place your order today. Then I obviously shower, get ready for the day, then breakfast. I'm such a breakfast person. I love my smoothies, I love my granola and yogurt, I love my porridge. Like setting my day up with a good breakfast is so key and important for me. And then coffee, obsessed with coffee. I can only have one a day, so that first coffee of the day is just the best. I love my coffee machine, I love my coffee cups, I love the whole ritual. So a delicious coffee in the morning after my breakfast is key. And then getting outside and getting some fresh air and getting those steps in. That might not be straight away, that might be at lunchtime. So it's not technically a morning routine, but I need to get that kind of those that fresh air, those steps. And planning my day. Oh my god, I am a planner. I need to sit down and I need to write out exactly what I'm doing in the day and schedule it and time block it. I am such a time blocker, um, but for me, it just helps me organize everything in my head. It makes me feel productive. I get everything done. And then you don't have to stress about, am I going to fit everything in my day? Because I know I am because I've already written it all out. Am I a meditating person? No, I'm not. I wish I was. I have tried. I've got the apps. I struggle to use it. Um... I struggle to sit in silence. I'm such a busy person. I like to be active. Um, for me though, my workout is my form of meditation. I love working out in my, on my own. Um, just having that time to think in my head. Um, and also maybe that time to kind of relax after the workout and do some stretches and just, yeah, kind of be present in my, in my body, I guess. But I don't kind of sit and meditate and do any breath work. So that's kind of my perfect morning routine is just getting up, moving, eating well. That is pretty non-negotiable for me. And yeah, I love my mornings. Okay, next question was, what do you eat in a day? So I don't really like these kind of what I eat in a day videos or uh, questions because I think it's so personal and I think everyone's body is very, very different. But I'll give you a really rough kind of what I eat in a day. Firstly, I'm plant-based, so that's kind of important to put out there. Breakfast, as I've just mentioned, is extremely important, um, but I love rotation. I love variety in what I eat. I always try and eat 30 different plants a week. So yeah, keeping it different is so key for me. And I actually, talking of being a planner, I write in my notes what I'm eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week. Okay, that sounds really odd, but like, just so I know I've got the variety in there because I am plant-based you do get your nutrients from like different 
uh, vegetables, fruits. So I like to get the variety in to make sure I'm getting all those different nutrients in. So breakfast will be either a smoothie or yogurt and granola or porridge. Those are my kind of top three. Um, the most popular is probably smoothie. Um, I love having form, um, protein powder in my smoothies. My favorite at the moment is weirdly vanilla. I'm not normally a vanilla person, but at the moment it's ticking the box. So vanilla protein powder in my smoothie is great. Yeah, or kind of a yogurt bowl or a porridge bowl is delicious. Lunch will kind of differ depending if I've got any leftovers, but it will be a salad of some sort with maybe some leftovers. It could be some soup. It could be avocado on toast. Those are probably my three rotations, or it could be even like a chickpea tuna wrap. Um, but salad, a salady, toasty, leftovery combo is probably my lunch. Then dinner really ranges. It will either be like a Buddha bowl type thing. I love like kind of making those and then having all the leftovers for my lunches. Um, it could be a noodle bowl. It could be a rice bowl. I love a homemade poke bowl. Um, in the winter, maybe a hearty pasta. Honestly, it really, really ranges, but I do love making like a really nice hearty base. So like a chunky couscous salad or a big quinoa or like a roasted tray bake or one of those things that I can then bulk make, have it throughout the week and then top it with like tofu or tempeh or cauliflower steak or a miso aubergine or whatever it is. But having a nice base makes it really, really easy to then, yeah, um, have throughout the week. And then my snack is probably dark chocolate. I love the Who. Hazelnut butter dark chocolate is my absolute go-to. Um, so probably have that after my dinner. Um, that's roughly what I eat in a day, but again, it does always change. So the last question I always ask everyone, which I will now answer myself is what would my last meal be? Oh God, this always changes, but probably for starter, it'd be sushi. So I probably have like either vegetable sushi or if it was my last, last meal ever on the planet, I may make sure the tuna is like organically sourced and, you know, ethical and have like a spicy tuna roll or something like that. My main course would probably be Lebanese. I'd probably have like a meze. I'd have like baba ganoush, hummus. I'd have homemade falafels. I'd have like tabbouleh, pita breads, you know, all of the kind of Lebanese dishes. Just my favorite kind of food. Cauliflower steak, tahini. I know I'm rattling off a, a few things here, but like little bits of all of that is just my absolute heaven. And then dessert would probably be frozen yogurt with like dark chocolate chips and strawberries and maybe some peanut butter on top. Um, but I love Froyo, it's definitely my favorite. Um, and then, oh God, 100% Hendrix gin and tonic with cucumber, just so that I go off on a high. But honestly, guys, I also want to say thank you so, so much for listening every week. If you are a loyal listener, just want to say thank you. Honestly, I started this podcast. And again, as I mentioned, I really didn't think that anyone anyone would ever listen. And people are, and I'm building a community. And I'm just thinking every day about how I can bring value to this podcast, to the community, how I can grow this into being something bigger than it is. Catch-ups, I've got a really exciting feeling about and I just really hope that it continues to grow and just thank you so much for listening this year. Next year is going to be even better. We're growing, growing, growing every week and I'm really excited. So thank you so much for listening and I hope you've had a good year. I'm ready for 2024. This year's been a lot for me personally. Um, so I am ready for the new year for sure. 
but I hope you like this solo episode I'm gonna try and do more so you get to know a bit more about me um but this has been fun I hope you've enjoyed it it's been quite weird just speaking into the microphone and speaking into the camera this will also be on YouTube um but yeah thank you guys so much have a lovely kind of festive period have a lovely Christmas have fun with your friends have fun with your family and I'll be back on the first week of January 2024 with a very exciting new episode but thank you so so much and see you in the new year